Hello, welcome to the Media Leader Podcast. It's Omar Oaks, Editor-in-Chief of the Media Leader, and Jack Benjamin, reporter. And we're here at the Leeds Conference 2024. And um, if you don't know, of course you know, but I'll just tell you anyway, Leeds is the annual summit conference, jointly hosted by the three major trade bodies, the IPA, ISBA, and the Advertisers Association. Um, we're not here in any sort of official capacity, are we, Jack? Um, but we're, we're very grateful to those trade bodies for allowing us to set up here today. Um, we're doing some filming, and we're going to talk to lots of people about what they heard. And it's quite interesting, isn't it, Jack? Um, it, uh, this summit is um, a very political in nature. We've got former Prime Minister Gordon Brown speaking today. We've got the Culture Secretary, Lucy Fraser. Um, we've got the Shadow Culture Minister, Chris Bryant. Um, explain why um, politics and why politicians think. Why is it so important, do you think? Well, they've got to talk to the industry. I mean, it's a massive industry. They were talking about how uh, both ministers actually, when they were just speaking, mentioned how the creative industries are growing at faster rates than the rest of the economy. And so politicians need to be more involved in talking to this industry, especially given that young people are not necessarily coming into creative industries. Uh, and so they both have ways that they want to address that. But uh, it's on the agenda, certainly, for both parties. Yeah, okay. So we heard from the Culture Secretary, didn't we? Um, what did she have to say? Well, uh, Lucy Fraser was um, overall very positive about the way things are going. That in the same way that advertising was one of the first industries to use machine learning and algorithms for more effective analytics and customer targeting, advertising is already beginning to lead the way in applying AI to different parts of its day-to-day -day work. From more conventional uses, like making ads easier to generate and track, or writing marketing emails with subject lines and delivery times tailored to specific subscribers. Or less conventional uses, like Heinz giving fans of its ketchup bottle a chance to see it redesigned in an infinite range of styles, from impressionism to a stained glass ketchup. Um, you would expect that from an incumbent, uh, I'm sure. Um, for instance, she talked a lot about uh, AI and mostly spun it in a more positive way. And that was very much in comparison to Chris Bryant, who brought up a few more concerns. Um, she was more uh, wanting to say that, look, AI can be used for the future, uh, and businesses can benefit tremendously and are already beginning to benefit tremendously in the creative industries. Um, Chris Bryant, on the other hand, had more of a, OK, yes, but. I also worry that the pattern of remuneration for artists and authors and I use the term artists and authors in the broadest possible sense, um, including everybody who has a creative engagement in uh, producing intellectual property. The pattern of remuneration has changed dramatically, with streaming paying a bare smidgen of what an artist might have once earned from selling records or CDs. And this is a very important principle for the Labour Party. Artists need to be rewarded, and we need and to ensure that whatever else happens with artificial intelligence, artists and authors are able to exercise their economic and their moral rights over their works before they are ingested and or scraped by artificial intelligence. Big concerns about creators and authors and publishers not necessarily being able to protect their IP as well. And we need to address some things as government. Um, I think that message came a little bit more across from him. I would, I would just say, I just talked to a few delegates uh, about both of those speeches, and uh, Chris Bryant, who was a bit, just a bit more lively, telling lots of jokes. It was very nice to see the Secretary of State 
uh, here just a moment ago. I would just point out that she's the 12th Secretary of State in 14 years. Um, now, I do want there to be another Secretary of State this year. Um, but it's an important principle that industry needs a degree of continuity and stability, not only within a government, um, and, but, uh, but also between governments. And there are things that we will do that will be the same as, as are being done at the moment. All the regulatory stuff that was referred to earlier, we will be pursuing in broadly speaking the same way. Was just a little bit more res better received from some of the people I talked to, but the messages were not necessarily hugely different. It was just the uh, how they were delivered was night and day, basically. Interesting. And did either of them um, take question and answer? No, neither took question and answer, uh, sadly. There was a Q&A session with uh, Times Radio's political editor, Kate McCann, after both of them spoke. And um, But people didn't really ask too many questions on what the politicians said. They were more looking for her opinion on politics going forward. Um, she's well, she hit out at both Labour and the Conservatives, basically, for going back on promises recently. Uh, conservatives for their culture war rhetoric, which isn't going anywhere, and, and certainly no one in the media really wants to see. Um, and and Labour also then for going back just yesterday, as of the day that we're recording this, uh, on their uh, green initiative policy and 28 billion pounds that was going to be spent on that. Um, so she, was, uh, she skewered both of them a little bit just after they spoke. Yeah, it's a personal peeve of mine that every time we get politicians appear at conferences like this, and it's good that they do appear, but they don't take questions from the delegates. And, you know, this isn't BBC Question Time. This is, you know, the, some of the most influential decision makers in UK advertising and media here today. And they would, I think, have some quite good constructive questions for our political leaders. And it just really irks me that um, they don't take the opportunity to talk to them. But hey-ho. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an election year. We're, we're, we're due to speak here from um, Prime Minister Gordon Brown. I mean... Uh, what, what do you think he's going to say here today? Well, he just came out with a column in The Guardian this morning about uh, basically child poverty, just the cost of living uh, being devastating to families, especially in terms of food insecurity. So I'd expect it to actually be very policy-focused and perhaps not media-focused beyond the fact that media has a significant role to play in you know, making sure people are aware of all of their options and uh, that businesses can support them through a tough time. Um, that would be my guess, but we'll, we'll find out later today. Yeah, so we're going to be grabbing people, almost literally grabbing people, and shoving our microphones in their faces to see what they have uh, to think about today's conference. And I'm joined by Lindsay Clay, the CEO of Thinkbox. Hi, Lindsay. What did you think of what you heard today? Speakers like Lord Grades, the ASA. Well, I thought Lord Grade's speech was incredibly interesting, and I think there's a big role for our entire industry to do, uh, as he puts it, to get ahead of the harm. Our message to you is this. Online safety is happening now. You have, you have a chance to play your part by getting ahead of the harm, getting ahead. For brands and agency, this is about making trust and safety a priority. Most of all, it's about making sure the platforms you are spending money on are aware of their new, new duties under the online safety. <laughs> are you sure, can you be sure, that your online ad spending isn't damaging your valuable brands by being algorithmed alongside harmful, horrible content? 
Anna, and it really chimed with a piece I just wrote recently about so much could be solved if the tech platforms took responsibility for pre-clearing ads. Yes, we understand that you know with an you know open internet uh, they can't or they won't be responsible for the content, but they can be responsible for the ads if they want to make money out of them. And uh, I was struck also by the ASA session. And uh, you know how much effort is going into reactive work, AI-based, trawling through the ads, making sure they're okay. So much of that pressure could be relieved if the ads were pre-cleared in the first place. So exactly like Clearcast does uh, for TV, and radio has exactly the same system. What's to stop the online industry from doing this, other than cost and inconvenience? So that, that is my big question. Yeah, I find, I find this idea really compelling. If you imagine the advertising industry as this big swimming pool, and you need to keep a swimming pool clean. And at one end, you know, we've had some you know, broadcasters which you represent, other players in the media industry, who, to your point, have mechanisms in place like Clearcast, where they need to keep things clean before they're put into the pool, because they're in public. Whereas at the other end of the pool, you know, Lord Grade was talking about toxic. I mean, you know, let's let's really kill the metaphor and like talk about people pissing in the pool. I mean, do you, do, is that how you see it? Well, actually, it's a slightly different but related analogy. So I tend to look at it as like a water system. So rivers, rivers and lakes. So on the one hand, you've got effectively a water company, which is allowing all sorts of toxic pollutants into the water, and then it's selling the water on, you know, as clean and, and healthy to drink. And of course, you can't have the two things. Uh, or if you are going to allow, you know, toxic pollutants in, then you've got to clean them up first before you uh, sell it on uh, as, you know, uh, okay to drink. So I think that's quite a useful analogy. You know, you can't, you can't have both things. And I think that's, yeah, it's very useful here. Uh, I'm standing here with Lauren Screen from the IPA, who's just been described as the most eloquent person in the room. <laughs> no pressure. Um, Lauren, this is obviously your conference, so you, you, know, you don't need to tell me how wonderful it is, but with the speakers that we heard this morning, Kate McCann, Gordon Brown, Lord Grades, what did you think, what really stuck out for you in terms of the content today? Uh, there's a couple of things going on. Firstly, um, there's great energy, especially from the opposition party and our ex-prime minister, which is palpably missing from uh, incumbent government. So I, I just enjoyed my appetite for politics being topped up by being here. That's a, that's a selfish thing. I think the other thing that's really important is that two things are happening, one of which always happens at this event, uh, one of which is still relatively new and underdeveloped. The thing that's always happened is just trying to find bigger, broader questions and answers for the advertising industry and reaching our way to the right policies around trust and freedoms and the like. That, that they often get forgotten in the hurly-burly of agency life and I think this is like a watering hole for those big, big topics. The newer one is obviously what I'm going to call green growth which um, it isn't, uh, isn't a new thing, but I think is being tabled more often and more constructively than ever before, which is how do we support the brands and indeed agencies who are trying to lean into sustainable consumption and sustainable growth rather than seeing the choice as a sort of binary one between green principles and policies and communication and healthy profits. It feels like the circle is being increasingly squared and that makes me hopeful for the planet more generally, not just British politics. 
Yeah, because we already hear, you know, pessimistic things around greenwashing, um, lip service to the green agenda. I mean, the poor old ad association, you know, they've got different work streams, including AdNet Zero, AI, um, making the economic case for advertising. I mean, if you had to boil it down into one priority that you think this industry needs to have, not just for this year, but beyond, what do you think it should be? I think in a sentence, it's to bring our gift for storytelling to what look like intractable problems. I think advertising at its best manages to both shorthand and, and add charisma to messages generally. And I, I think it's fascinating that so many people have talked about Mr. Bates and the post office, not just because it's a celebration of the power of old fashioned TV and indeed uh, generating sort of collective interest in writing wrongs, but because all of that data was in the public domain. That story had been in the public domain for at least 15 years. And suddenly you add drama, humanity, and emotional connection to exactly the same data, and things happen. And I think that's what advertising does at its best for brands. It's what that program did for that hideous miscarriage of justice and it's what I think we can do to lean into a sustainable future. Any, the Chief Strategy Officer of UMUK, hello. I'm of course one of the speakers at Leeds today. Um, so briefly, what did you speak about? So I was on the panel with Lawrence and Bridget and we talked about advertising's two big questions in terms of what consumers ask about advertising or what's most searched for about advertising. And the first question is, does advertising grow markets? And the second question is, does advertising increase prices? So that was what we debated for half an hour. And Bridget and uh, Lawrence have written essays respectively on both those subjects. So Stephen Woodford, who was chairing the panel, just asked them a little bit about the essays that they'd written and then we got into a debate and we were polling the floor as we were going through to see how the answers, you know, changed um, during the uh, half an hour conversation. So, yeah. And through the process of preparing for this debate and delivering this debate on stage today, I mean, what have you learned? What's the key takeaway that you think people who weren't here today should know? I think from the morning session, which was really inspirational beyond the panel that I was on, I think there's a real sense that in this year, election year, um, when the media environment is going to be under more scrutiny than ever before, because it is the biggest election year in history. It's not just the UK going to the polls, it's not just the US, it's 65 countries, half the world's population are changing leaders this year. It's going to be tumultuous. And against that backdrop, there's going to be real scrutiny in the media environment in terms of misinformation, division. We're obviously going to have the spectre of deep fakes this year for the first time in an election. So. When people aren't trusting the content that they're viewing, it's even more reason for our industry to show up responsibly. So the idea of responsible growth is really important. I think it's being talked about in the context of sustainable growth and sustainable living choices, but I think responsibility extends to how we're showing up in the industry this year because there's going to be a lot of noise in the system and it's going to be really difficult for brands to cut through um, because we've also got the summer of sport, in terms of the Olympics and the Paralympics and the Euros. So, yeah, trust in the media environment is going to be under scrutiny. And by extension, trust in how brands show up will be under more scrutiny. 
and it's our job to make sure that we support our brands show up as responsibly as they can. What's the most realistic thing do you think that could happen by the end of this year to bring back trust in the sector? The most realistic thing, I think openness. So if I think about the, obviously there's going to be conversations around AI this afternoon. You know, I've seen lots of research recently that says most Europeans don't trust the content they're seeing at the moment. AI and deepfakes is only going to add to that. We've got to let people know what they're seeing is real. And if it isn't real, that's okay, but just be honest or transparent about the fact that it isn't. So I think that idea of being open and transparent is, um, is the key this year because there'll be lots of question marks around the validity and realness of what people are seeing. Any Wissu, thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm with um, one of probably the smartest women I've come across in UK advertising and media, um, Belinda Bivtink from the IPA. Belinda, um, what did you hear this morning that stuck out for you? I think uh, nobody can deny Gordon Brown's presentation was jaw-dropping, absolutely jaw-dropping. And if anybody in this industry can do anything to support his cause, then we will have achieved something today. Yeah, I thought it's a similar thing, but then I thought, well, what is going to happen? I, I feel like a lot of people will be nodding along to some very wise words in the audience, but what are they actually going to do, do you think? I think that's a really, it's a really interesting point because, you know, we're all really good at talking, we're talking, we're all really good at doing that, but we're not so good at the follow through and the action. So I think trade bodies could get together, Advertisers could get together, agencies could get together. I was talking to someone earlier and saying, you know, it's very difficult. We don't, I don't have a product that I can, I can offset against any of this that would help. But what we could look at maybe doing is having an industry badge for advertisers who do do it. And then it becomes part of the ecosystem that you are a responsible brand because you have this badge. Yeah, so, sort of like not going as far as going down the B Corp status routes, but a similar sort of ethos. Yeah, and if there's a will to do it, there's a way. I mean, I, I, you know, this is not to do with this morning, but I've been very struck by seeing a film recently called, um, I can't remember what it was called now, um, One Life, and it's about Nicholas Winton, who got children out of Czechoslovakia just before the war broke out. And at one point, he had two weeks to do it. And he had to do three things. He had to raise money, he had to get volunteer families, and he had to get government approval. And he did it. And that is a, where there's a will, there's a way. So if we really want to do something, if we want to make change, we can. Just got to have the will to do it. And, what did, and briefly, what did you think about Lord Grade speaking on behalf of Ofcom, um, you know, talking about online safety, limited time to, for the industry to get its act together? Yeah, I, I feel really strongly about it. And I think that, you know, it's great that Ofcom are playing this role, but it isn't enough. It isn't enough. We have to, it's back to conscience. We have to have a conscience as an industry. And I'm, you know, advertisers are at the top of the tree agencies are a little bit further down from that top of the tree we've got to have a conscience and we've got to stop putting ads where they shouldn't be unless we get some change from the tech companies in how they're dealing with it
and it has to be for good. It can't just be a sticking plaster. It has to be something that they invest in and they continue to invest in. Otherwise, we should not be using those platforms, in my opinion. That's, that's a Belinda opinion, not an IPA opinion. What do you think about the idea of just having a, a version of Clearcast for online media? I think, why can't Clearcast do it? That's what I think. Why can't Clearcast do it? Don't invent another organisation. We've already got one. It's not live. It's not live. And we're here with, uh, some would say, the best uh, dressed man in UK advertising and media, Jason Spencer from ITV, who is down here at Leeds in London from Manchester. Um, so what did you think of what you heard? You heard Gordon Brown speak this morning, your colleague Kate Waters. What, what was the most inspiring or most insightful thing you heard from this morning? I don't know about inspiring, but definitely thought-provoking. I think it'll be somewhere between Gordon Brown and this coalition of compassion the fact that there is something that everyone can do. I think at ITV it certainly got us thinking about how we might be able to get involved and I would urge everyone to, to do their bit. We come together, there could be an amazing movement. And I think there's been this theme of hope. Gordon Brown talked about it, Pete Waters talked about it. Hope will triumph over fear every single day and despite all the challenges out there, we should all hold on to that. Yeah, and what does that do to actually um, advertiser demand? I mean, is advertiser demand independent of that feeling of hope or lack of? Or, I mean, how does it impact it? Well, I think more broadly in society, confidence comes from this collective groundswell of, we talk about the wisdom of the crowd, but it can become quite infectious. So if we talk positively, it creates that kind of movement across the industry and it will catch fire. And there is definitely opportunity and positivity out there. So I think the more we talk positively, the more we take our industry forward. Yeah, and of course some lead is actually happening in Manchester, interestingly, this time as well. And obviously being based in Manchester, um, I imagine you will be a part of it, sounds agree. Um, so um, what, what, what could you expect um, to for um, a conference in the north of England? What, what would be different from what we've heard today, do you think? Well, Le Leeds um, did their first event in Scotland last year. They're going back there this year as well. And I think it is great that they are taking this really strong brand to other parts of the UK. It definitely won't have any kind of parochialness about it. But what it will have is a regional voice, a regional flavour. And there are some great people that they've got lined up to be on stage. I'd urge anyone listening to this who is based outside London to consider going to Leeds, Manchester in May at home. And finally, I can't let you get away without talking about Mr. Bates and the post office. My God. I mean, did you? Did we, we, um, I was there at the Palooza, as you, were you obviously in October, when, um, in November, when you trails that the show was going to happen. And I must admit, I knew about the story, but I had no idea about just the impact when it hit our screens in January, the impact that it was having. Um, it's caused an uproar, frankly. I mean, did you have any idea? Making TV programmes is a mixture of art and science. Had we known that, we would just be making programme after programme like that. I think what it shows is probably two things. The power of storytelling. That story had been told lots of times, but not in this way. And the power of linear broadcast TV. Arguably, if we'd launched this solely on ITVX, would it have had the same momentum and noise? It's questionable. It's the combination how we launched it on linear broadcast and then it lived afterwards on ITVX and the momentum that gained that worked so well. We've got other shows coming up this year like Breathtaking that could do a similar thing. So watch this space. Watch this space indeed. Jason Spencer, thank you very much. Thank you. So, Jack, we listened to a lot of talking from politicians and industry people at the conference this morning. Um, what are, what are the, the key takeaways, headlines for you? 
key takeaways is it's going to be a, a difficult year, but a very important year, I think, for the industry with regard to trying to grow responsibly. You know, that includes not just sustainability, but also issues of trust and AI and, you know, job cuts in, in certain areas. I mean, that, that wasn't addressed at all at the conference, but I think it's implicit in whenever we have discussions about AI, which there's one going on uh, as we speak, in fact, um, that concern is sort of in the air as well. So this industry wants to grow. It is growing, but there's all these sort of challenges in the way that, yeah, could, could cause a, a serious issue. And on the other end, you have politicians arguing don't just worry about business, also worry about doing good, which of course any uh, good company, if it wants to grow responsibly, needs to. So there's a, there's a push and pull, I suppose, in, in both areas. Yeah, uh, let's talk about um, the big keynote speech, which is Gordon Brown, the former Prime Minister Gordon Brown. And now I see children going to school ill-clad and hungry. I see families having to choose between eating and eating and keeping clean. I see mothers ashamed that they can't do enough for their kids so that the kids are excluded from sports and other events at school. And I see nurses and others having to queue up at food banks after a hard day's work because they simply, on their wages, have not got enough to make ends meet. And this is poverty that is demeaning, it is demoralizing, it's dehumanizing, and it should not exist in the year 2024. It will not, I predict, I know Richie Sunak takes bets now, but I'll take a bet with him, it will not be on the cabinet agenda at any time over the next few weeks. It is barely covered in our newspapers. I think we will be honest enough to admit that there are a few advertising campaigns trying to highlight the problems of domestic poverty in the United Kingdom. And I think we've got a blind spot about something that is the biggest social crisis in our country at the moment. Um, firstly, as an American, but a very uh, keen observer of politics um, anywhere in the world, uh, what did you think of hearing Prime Minister, ex-Prime Minister Brown speak? Honestly, I thought he was fantastic. Um, I ha it's been a really long time since I was uh, live in a room with someone who completely captivated the entire audience. Um, you know, no one was distracted. He was telling fantastic, interesting stories about uh, Nelson Mandela and um, a few other you know, key figures. Uh, Oprah was also was uh, was also name dropped, but then he would transition from sort of interesting splice, slices of his life that had something to do had a same similar message to what he was trying to get across, which was about poverty in Britain and how it's gotten so much worse, and how the media and advertising industry has a role to play both in pushing their clients, their businesses to help out uh, in when in ways that they can, but also for media to shine a spotlight on issues of poverty more than they currently are. I mean, he called it a, a blind spot for the country. And obviously, uh, news publications, advertising has a lot to do in making that blind spot more visible. As I said, I think we turned a blind eye to this. I, I think, you know, if you look at the, the debate at the moment in our country, it's about tax cuts. Uh, there is no debate about poverty. Uh, there, is, there is no real discussion on, on, it, on, on it, and yet it's a big, divisive issue affecting communities. 
Gordon Brown, of course, very interesting because, um, you know, quite good to hear a, a UK prime minister who tries to be, the, I guess, the conscience of not just the sector, but of the nation as well, um, in comparison to some other um, prime ministers on both sides of the aisle who appear to be just been trying to make as much money as possible. Um, very interesting. But as you say, full of interesting stories, mentioned Nelson Mandela, um, interesting anecdote and when um, Amy Winehouse, Nelson Mandela were at the same event and Amy Winehouse runs up to Mandela and said, oh, you and my husband have got so much in common because you've both been to prison for a long time. <laughs> so yeah, it was um, funny stuff like that, but also a serious message. I mean, do you, did it make you more hopeful as an industry observer that people will listen to that in the audience and think, yeah, we have to do more to alleviate, to highlight and tackle this issue of poverty in Britain today? You know, I'm a cynical person and usually when it comes to business, people, you know, people, leadership at businesses will do things if it helps their bottom line. So there might be a, a strong argument that could be made that brands can be helped by helping out. Um, and I think you know, Gordon Brown himself even alluded to that type of a message as well. But um, I, I left more hopeful because it had been a really long time since I heard from uh, a politician who was sprightly that I had a lot of respect for and who had a, a really strong message that was an entirely moral message, basically, you know, help us out. You know, sure, you know, there's an argument to be made that it's good for business, but really think about the ethics of what you're doing and what you, the difference that you could be making with very little extra effort, really. Yeah, and of course we also had Lord Grade, um, former ITV and Channel 4 CEO Lord Grade, who's now chairman of Ofcom. Um, Jack, what did he say to the industry today? One of the big quotes that he led off with was basically saying, quote, there's a corner of the web that is toxic and long, long in need of regulation. So in the UK, they obviously have the, the Online Safety Act that was passed, and now that's Ofcom's responsibility to institute that. So they're working on that. He did say it was going to take some time before, you know, it's really fully instituted, but he warned that in the meantime, things move really fast. And so further regulation uh, you know, certainly could be needed. His message was that the tech companies that are being regulated, social media companies that are being regulated, will comply with regulations. And he gave three reasons why he thought, thinks that's true. Number one, uh, there's, advan there's an advantage in prioritizing safety uh, in the long term for these businesses. Uh, he mentioned like Substack having an issue recently with uh, uh, at least at the outset of when this question was asked, saying we're not going to take down Nazi content, and they've semi-walked that back, but not really, and that's had a se severe negative impact on business. So he's saying companies should want to avoid those type of PR nightmares. Uh, I think that's a very reasonable argument to make. He also mentioned that, yes, Ofcom, of course, can hold the, um, you know, businesses accountable by fining them. Um, whether or not those fines are large enough, I think, is an open question. He didn't take Q&A, um, but certainly that's what question I... No asked. one's taking Q&A from the audience. It really annoys You know who took Q&A? Gordon Brown took Q&A. Uh, he took Q&A, but from um, Samira Ahmed, who's the, the panelist, so, you know... She it, was from, it was... Samira Ahmed was reading questions that were submitted digitally from the audience, so she could, yes, filter it out, but it weren't all her questions. The, the last thing that he said in terms of reasons why tech companies should be complying with uh, regulation is that uh, you know, advertising has a key role to play um, in terms of what content gets funded. So advertisers, if they are acting in their best interests and not advertising against hateful content, will also be removing ads from places that are unseemly. So if companies are, are, are not taking and prioritizing uh, you know, hateful speech and, and mental health concerns properly, then advertisers should move with their feet. Now, whether or not this is happening, uh, I don't really see it actually happening, I would say. 
we talked a lot about on the podcast recently, and I wrote an article recently um, with regard to, okay, yeah, social media is kind of a, a negative word these days, and yet, in terms of ad spend, companies continue to funnel loads and loads of monies into big companies, including like Meta, especially, We're talking billions and billions of dollars. So we haven't seen that yet. Um, only, the only place that we've seen that is with X, and I think that's just because it was so beyond the pale, the types of things that Musk was saying, and the fact that there's like absolutely no moderation on that platform anymore. That's when you're starting to see an issue. But for all these other companies that are, are also arguably uh, you know, harmful, not so much yet. So we'll see if those predictions basically come to pass from grade yeah and um yeah still lots going on this afternoon as we're recording um yeah i might just take a walk around and see who else is here um but i'll leave you to uh wrap up the rest of the conference jack and lots of reporting that will be on our website themedialeader.co.uk thanks again for listening to the media leader podcast if you like what you hear guess what you can our stuff at our website themedialeader.co.uk where you can sign up to our daily newsletter in the UK of analysis, opinion and commentary about what's going on in media and advertising. You can also find us on YouTube. We are posting video interviews and clips of our live events and don't forget to check out our LinkedIn page which is often a very interesting way to see what people in the industry are saying about our articles and the issues we write about. Anyway, back to work. Catch you next time. Bye bye.